What's good, family? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Murph, Coach Pace, and Real Coach K. Boy, we got a loaded show for you all today. We're going to try to do this as concise as possible, but it's hard, right? It's hard when you got so much stuff going on that you want to talk about, so many storylines, so many knockouts, some physical, some mental. You got the draft going on. And of course, we're going to end the show by telling you how to spend your money this weekend with our bet. But speaking of bet, Coach Murph and Coach Pace put a little bet on the fight last weekend with Tank and Garcia. Coach Murph went with Garcia. Coach Pace went with Tank. Fellas, I'm going to give y'all the floor. What do y'all think about the fight, Tank versus Garcia? Winner goes first. Hey, man, listen. But now, uh, Ryan, I mean... It was. I felt like it was only a matter of time before he figured him out um, and capitalized on his weaknesses. Because Ryan, at first, he was throwing some heavy punches, whatever, but he was a little wild with it and was leaving some open spots. Um, and he was just getting kind of adjusted to Ryan's style. Because, I mean, like you said, I feel like the beginning couple rounds is usually like where you feel somebody out, you take a couple punches, see what their power really is like, um, and things like that. But Tank was kind of like, I think Tank was letting Ryan fill him out first. But Ryan was like, all right, I got to get Tank out of here. Um, so he was going a little haywire. And then next thing you know, he hit him with that uppercut. He dodged the left hook, mm-hmm. hit him with the uppercut because he was left wide open. And then the whole fight changed because then it was like, all right, he got hit with the uppercut. And then you could tell like Ryan Garcia was like, oh, hell. Mm-hmm. Like this what this what I signed up for. And then it kind of just went like downhill from there. And you can see like at, after that uppercut when he dropped him, Tank started like laughing at him mm-hmm. and smiling at him. Like, are you, you sure you want to do this? And then it kind of just culminated and went. And then he hit him with the body shot. And I don't but a liver shot. And I don't know. Did y'all like see him like I don't I didn't pay much attention to it, but y'all would know better than me. Did he start leaking? Like, he was bleeding before, but as soon as he got hit with the liver shot, he started, like, leaking out his nose. Am I the only one that saw that or not? No, that, that happened. Yeah. That happened? Okay, so I wasn't tripping. I'm like, bro, I know he was bleeding earlier, yeah. but as soon as he got hit with that liver shot, he said, woo, and then all I saw was blood coming out of his nose. I was like, sir, I don't think that's supposed to be happening. Mm-mm. So yeah, I'm 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 glad he called it when he did, but yeah. I just thought like as soon as he hit it, as soon as Tank caught him one good time, it was like, all right, bro, it's a wrap. And it showed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coach Murphy. Listen, I was confident until after the second round when he got popped and dropped. <laughs> I <laughs> it, it, it just got to the point and you saw throughout the fight to me. You just saw the difference of a grown man and a boy. That's what it looked like to me. It was just one of those things, like you said, you, you got you got Tank laughing at him. I'm putting you down. It's, I just pictured it as just like, you know, when I was little fighting my older brothers. And you really, you know, you do everything you can, but with it's effortless for them. And they just jacking you up the whole time. And, and that's what it looked like. 
Um, I, I know, like, you get dropped second round, you know, boxing is such a mental game mm. that I think once he got hit and dropped, and then also, you know, you got this guy counting you all before the fight and during the fight, now you're starting to fight angry. And then that's when you start to make mistakes and you saw him get real sloppy. He like refused to use his reach. And then he's just trying to get in on him and try to land these big blows. But you're fighting a power fighter. Like, yeah, you have power, Ryan, but that's not your true style. And he just set himself up because I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even see the liver blow. I had to rewatch it like twice and i'm just like it happened so quickly yeah it happened so fast and i'm just like no nah, he, he's gonna get up and then when he shook looked up at him and shook his head i was like oh nah. but uh yeah man he he just he just let tank get in his head um and he, he ryan just needed to learn how to stay disciplined in that moment but Hey man, it happened. It does. Because I mean, he was doing okay at first, but to your point, Coach Pace, yeah, what I knew it was an issue because he didn't just get knocked down. Like he flew back a couple feet, like when he got knocked down. Like he got knocked swiftly off his feet with that uppercut. And I was like, uh oh. And we were watching the fight, and there was two times during the fight where Garcia was anticipating getting hit and kind of like, like shrinking himself, like crunching, like, but like away from, from Davis. Like he was, he was, he, he felt his power and it made him nervous. So he was trying to brace himself for certain hits, but Davis wasn't even hitting him there. So like he, he turned Garcia more into a defensive fighter and, and got him paranoid, got him a little scared because he started shelling up on a couple of times. And I'm like, I've never, and uh, uh, Coach Boogie was watching the show too, uh, watching the match. And he was like, I've never seen Garcia do that. Never seen Garcia do that before. And it just, it, it changed the fight. The liver punch, yeah, I had to, I had to see the replay because it, it did happen so fast. Uh, what I'm worried about is sometimes when people lose, they're like, all right, well, I think I've done all I could do here. There's not going to be a trilogy or anything made out of this fight. So I'm going to shift weight classes. So the word on the street is Garcia trying to do 145. I would suggest he not do 145 because that's that's where your Terrence Crawfords are, your Errol Spence Juniors are, your Virgil Ortiz is are, your Gerard Ennis is, Keith Thurman. You know, you know what's funny about that is? Ain't none of them going to fight each other, so why matter? <laughs> Yeah, we can't. You know, I'm so like, serious, bro. Like they was talking about it on like Shannon was talking about. They're not gonna fight each other, so why? They're gonna keep ducking and dodging each other with these clauses and yada yada yada. Oh, Earl Spence and Bud not gonna fight each other. At this point, I don't believe it until they show up at fight day. I'm not even worried about weigh-ins or none of that. You show up on fight day and y'all in the ring. Because they've been they've been arguing about this for like the past year, and I'm like how we get Ryan Garcia and Tank before mm-hmm. we get Bud Crawford and Earl Spence? And it's like, yeah, hmm. I, it was interesting. Uh, Mike Tyson was on first take last week. And so a lot of people were talking about the state of boxing and saying that 
you know, it's all about the money and the promoters are messing up the sport and all that kind of stuff. Well, Tyson had a different take. And Tyson's take was that the boxers are messing up the sport by dodging people. He felt that they were dodging people because he said, listen, if you're a fighter and you're a big draw, you fight who you want to fight. If you tell if you tell the powers that be, I want to fight him, then they'll get, they'll make a way for that fight to happen. But if you're like, ah, we need this, we need that, I don't know that, and make it difficult, then it's not gonna happen. And say what you want, that's exactly what Floyd May- Mayweather did to Pacquiao. He dodged that boy until Pacquiao got knocked out, and then it happened real fast, didn't it? Mayweather was like, okay, I'll fight him now. But Mayweather was dodging him the whole time because he he knew it wasn't good timing. So I also think with Mayweather, bro, like I didn't notice, and y'all probably knew this way before me, but I didn't know he was fighting with his like his hands were broken. Mm-hmm. I didn't know his hands were broken until like a year ago. I was like, oh, because I'm like young Mayweather, like pretty boy, and then Money Mayweather are like two completely different fighters. So I was like. Why do they fight different? And then people were like, nah, he broke his hands. Like, he's not going to punch as hard because he didn't broke his hands before. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense. And, yeah, so, but these other young guys, I'm like, I personally respect Ryan Garcia for hopping in the ring with Tank, even though he took that loss. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, nobody else is trying to hop in the ring with Tank. That's a top contender. So, so if we can't see... Spence Crawford, can we at least get Shakur Stevenson, somebody to fight? And Lomachenko. And, and Loma got a fight coming up, so that's gonna be a good one. That maybe, maybe the fight of the year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Canelo fighting, you know, coming up. So we got a lot of good matches going on in 2023. But there's still a few that we've been really wanting to watch. That they, 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 somebody playing around. They ain't, they ain't set it up yet. But I want I want Jared Anderson and Andre Ward. I just want to see that. The the test because Andre no not Andre Ward. Who's the other one? Um, not Andre Ward because he's retired. Who's the other one? Oh, I know you're talking about. He got knocked out by Buddy from um um in Mexico uh, Mexico uh. Anthony Joshua versus like uh Jared Anderson. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that would be a big draw. Yes. Yeah. Man, we'll see what happens, but uh man, heck of a fight. Heck of a fight. Well, you know who didn't put up the best fight that we thought they would? The Milwaukee Bucks. And playoff Jimmy showed up. Hemi Butler showed up. And so we're going to go into our NBA playoffs here. And Coach Murph, as our resident Jimmy Butler fan, I got to give you the floor first to talk about the the, the Heat Bucks series, but also your expectations for the Bulls, uh, for the uh, the Knicks and Heat. Listen, man, I, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Uh, I picked the Bucks in six. I'm, I'm hyped uh, what Miami had had to do. Uh, or, or what they did, Jimmy Butler is just <laughs> that man is a beast, man. I've been telling y'all for years. I mean, 56 followed up by 42 with a game tying shot 
a circus shot to send in to OT to knock out the number one seed. I know a lot of people have been pressing and talking about how, oh, well, the Bucks lost to a play-in team. They lost to a play-in team. The, yes, the Heat is a play-in team. And I know y'all saying that just to make it seem a lot more disrespectful. But they they weren't the ninth, tenth seed. So y'all got to erase that out of y'all's mind. Really, they were a seventh seed before the they lost to the Hawks. But um, I, I'm proud of them. I mean, it, you know, I like Giannis, but, you know, uh, this just shows that uh, Budenholzer sucks as a coach. He just clearly got outcoached the whole time, refused to double Jimmy Butler, and let, you know, a bunch of undrafted and G-leaguers, you know, beat you. You're just like, nah, we're going to let him go off. And then if anybody come along with them, so be it. We got, you know, the runner-up defensive player of the year. We got the former defensive player of the year. We got the best, uh, you know, defend, perimeter defending guard in the league. We'll be able to man- manage that. No, it's, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. It's playoff, Jimmy. And y'all got waxed. And Giannis, you did fail. And like, you know, I'll tell tell the listeners the way I view, I understand what Giannis was coming from, but once you set a standard, if you don't hit that standard, it's a failure. So the fact that you won the championship two years ago, lost in the second round last year, then you lost in the first round this year, that's a failure. There's no progress when you made it to the second round last year and then you you didn't even do that this year. So there's that. Now, as it comes to the Knicks, I'm hearing a whole lot of disrespect and how they're going to just lock Jimmy up, mm-hmm. but the Bucks couldn't even do it. And y'all might be missing Julius Randle for y'all's first game, not like his three for 10 or three for 12 from three going to help y'all anyway because y'all poor shooting team. We about to bust them up. Heat and six. Heat and six. And y'all win without Tyler Hero? Did we do it against the Bucks? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the like I I love I mean I love what Hero brings. He is our offense, but the only benefit of his injury is now that it forces Jimmy to be a scorer. Because we all know because I believe the Heat will win uh, game one, but the only reason why if they lose, I wouldn't be shocked is because this is what he typically does when at the end of his press conferences and he has a big game and they're like, so, you know, he's like, well, you know, but hopefully next game such and such has a, a good game. And I have like, you know, five points, 12 assists or da, da, da. And he starts talking like that. That's what he did after game five. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Now he ain't going to shoot the ball in game one against the Knicks. So if he's hella passive against the Knicks, just remember every interview when he sit there and talk about not scoring and somebody else going off, he always lets his foot off the gas. But yeah, the the, I mean, what, R.J. Barrett's been trash. I mean, he he picked it up here yeah, recently, I but I mean, I you know, this this is, it, it's going to be this is going to be one of those '80s '90s games because you got two like, you know, 
very physical teams, tough-minded teams, defensive teams with Tibbs and Spo uh, and the way they coach. Um, I'm curious at how we're going to attack the boards because they killed the Cavs. And, I mean, when you got – if you kill the Cavs and they got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley down there and we just got Bam, I mean – we're going to have to see a lot of effort. I mean, they, they were able to make it work against the Bucks, and that's all I'm going off of. But um, I, I, don't, I don't think the, the Knicks are, are good enough to beat us in, in a seven-game series. No, they're not. So we got, we got Heat, Heat, Coach Pates. I honestly don't know, but I'm going to just say Heat because of what I saw last series. So uh, that's really all I got because I'm like, the only reason I can see the Heat losing is literally because they get out-rebounded every single game. Like, I I don't even know what else to say with that. Like, because they can have the advantage, like, rebounding-wise. But we'll see, man. I don't. I don't know, but Hemi Butler gonna have to put on another show. Yeah, yeah. Like speaking of rebound, you know, Mitchell Robinson just killed the Cavs. Like on the board, like he, this dude was getting like fifteen rebound game, twenty rebound game, just like all all. The, I'm like, bro, like Al- Allen and Mobley, like no excuse, no excuse for that. Like it's one thing to lose a series, but to get beat four one. That's inexcusable with the squad that you have. I don't care that you're young and unexperienced. So are half of the Knicks or most of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Those that are experienced haven't even made it that far. Like Julius Randle, right? So like Brunson, I guess, would be the one exception. Mm-hmm. But Donovan Mitchell would be the exception on Cleveland side. So y'all really is not that different as far as playoff experience is concerned. Y'all just shrunk. Inexcusable. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the the Heat Knicks. You know, growing up watching basketball in the 90s, man, that was the that was the matchup. Fights all over the place. They hated each other. So it's kind of good to see to see that matchup again. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, for me, it was uh it was good to see Kevin Love playing like how, how he was too, because you know, he he gave good minutes when he was in. And I mean, he still showed he's a deep threat from three two, so and I think his his veteran leadership makes a difference too. Um, so you know, uh, I I mean, I wasn't really root. I wasn't expecting the Heat to win, but it's good to see him win. I'm a I'm still a Jimmy Butler fan, even though uh, the Bulls are a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> he's still mad. He's so mad at that, bro. We and we don't like Chris Dunn is gone and Lori Markinen is gone. So, I, well, I guess man, that's all Thibodeau, man. Thibodeau literally is saving everybody. So, he'll get he didn't got he's gonna always have one person, Derrick Rose, forever gonna have Derrick Rose. Yep. And if he could get Jimmy, he'd get Jimmy, but he just couldn't. So, It's going to be some good basketball. I think it's going to be some hard five. Some of the games might be lower scoring than the NBA average game because of that. 
Uh, well, I mean, I'm just really impressed by Jalen Brunson. Not to say that I didn't see him, see it coming that he would play well, but just the the level that he's playing at uh, on a team where, you know, Randall is supposed to be your veteran leader. And if he has off nights and, you know, Thibodeau had to bench him and, and game, he missed the game, you know, because he walked away, you know, and everything like that because he was upset. He got sat down. But I'm like, bro, like you was, you was killing the team out there. <laughs> and and Brunson was just like, don't worry, I got it. And they didn't miss a beat. So I, I just, I think that's impressive. Um, definitely, like you said, Coach Murph in our group chat that, you know, just the, just the steal of the offseason, um, Jalen Brunson, easily. Yeah, I mean, you see, and you see how valuable he is. Like, you look, <clears throat> Dallas didn't even make it to the, they didn't even make it to the playing tournament. Nope. So, I mean, I think that's saying something, you know, but. Uh yeah, I don't think I even saw it coming too. But you know, it's it's cool to see the progression and like where he's at now. Um, and you know, hopefully he just continues to impress. Uh, I did want to say like, uh, it's it's. I mean, I don't really care. Like, I don't really care about the Bucks, but it's just like, I think I think it kind of goes to show too. Like, I think there are some teams that are over. <laughs> There's I, to me, I still I still say like um, the Nets really should have nothing. The Heat really should have been the uh, six seed team. And like, you know, you saw what happened to the Nets. They got they got stomped. Stomped. So, yeah. Yeah. That was that was a playing team right there. Before we move to the next matchup, I'm going to go ahead. I called out R.J. Barrett on the last episode. He came through the last few games of that series. Now I'm going to call out Bam out of bio. Bam, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't play like a big, if you don't get busy on the boards, you got Mitchell Robinson and um, Hart, Hartstein, I think I'm saying that right, um, for the Knicks. That's going to be all over the glass in this series. If you don't come through, you're going to be one of the primary reasons your team loses. So you need to step it up. You can't do what you did against Milwaukee against these guys. So, Boy. yeah, you're going to find yourself at home with us watching the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But speaking of the Nets, yeah, they did. They got swept by the Sixers. And now the, – and, and you know what? What I'll do is let's go to the Celtics-Hawks series real quick. Let's jump to that. Uh, that ended up being more of a series than what some people thought after the first two games. And so I just wanted to hear y'all's thoughts about that series. Uh, real quick. It went on longer than it should have, man. <laughs> That's all I really can. <laughs> no analysis, <laughs> no nothing. It's just like, it man, went not like, because, I mean, the, the Celtics, they just like, they were just playing with their food, bro. Jason Tatum was, was trash during the first closeout game. Um, you know, my boy Jalen Brown had to save him again. But I mean, the, the the Hawks should have never really been in it. It should have been five at best. I'm just more so curious of what what's going to be the moves that happened in the off season because they were talking about you know they're open to moving Trey now. They're like, oh no, nah, we don't know. But it's like, even if you did, what value would you get back for them? Like, it's going to set you back, like 
you'll you'll probably be a lottery team for the next two three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, depending on the Dejounte things, I know he has one year left after this, but I think it's a player option. So, I mean, the series just was. I mean, Trey did give us some some great moments. So I I give him that, but we all knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think my only thing I have to say is uh, I still question whether Jason Tatum is really ready for the, the big moment. I mean, Jalen Brown is the heart and soul of that team, if you ask me. So and he I don't think he gets enough credit. But I mean, that's just me. And I would like to see Uncle Al want to. I guess Big Al, Uncle Al, whoever, at least get something. Get a ring or something. Yeah. I like Uncle Al. He always come through. Every time they need a big basket, he, he always sure does. Yeah. yeah, Coach Pace, what do you think about the series? Uh, I mean, y'all kind of summed it up. I'm just interested to see what they do with Trey Young because um, allegedly he's like the most hated most overrated player in the league. And I kind of think that's low-key kind of crazy. Because there's a lot of offensively ball-dominant people, but I'm not understanding. And Trey Young has made an Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, it's not like he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. Um, And, like, people, like, the players even voted him as, like, the most overrated. And I'm like, based on what? Because, I mean, um, his team values him as, quote unquote, they valued him as overrated. Now it's all of a sudden, let's let's keep Trey Young. So I'm interested to see what they do with that, like Coach Murph said. And then um, I don't know. I just think uh, Boston is a well-oiled machine, machine. Like even when Tatum doesn't play well, they still got so many different components that can like kill you. Yeah, like Derek White had a, a great series. Yeah, he had a bad night, I think, last night. But, like, overall, outside of that, he had a great series no matter what. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got him and Brogdon coming off the bench. Like, they'll start for probably two-thirds, if not four, 80% of those teams out here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think – you know, when Giannis was talking about failure and stuff like that, I, I thought about their context, but I thought about the Hawks context context. And I don't I don't think their season was a failure considering that they switched coaches in the middle of the year. Like and it and we really sit down and think about it, how hard that is. Right? You got one philosophy, that philosophy goes out the door with Nate McMillan, and he got a whole nother philosophy that comes in. He don't even have Snyder don't even have his coaching staff, right? He working with what he got. And not he, it's not his players, not his that nothing. Like he's just going in and trying to redirect things, see what the culture is, fill people out, test lineups, and all that kind of stuff. And they were able to make it to the playoffs still and get two games on the defending Eastern Conference champions. Um, and that's with Dejounte Murray doing what he did and having be out a game. Uh, and yeah, to the narrative about Trey Young, I, I, I mean, for one, he really likes. Snyder. So I think I think they're okay. Now, if McMillan was still the coach, I might be a little bit more like, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen with Trey and the Hawks. But I think they're okay now. 
But what I really took away from this is that, I mean, you have Trey Young. I don't see how he could be voted overrated when he's doing exactly what he was doing to get all the hype in college. He's doing that in the league. He's shooting from all over the floor. And it, and, it, and if it wasn't for Steph Curry and Damian Lillard, he would be the only person doing that pretty, pretty much, right? So you have that range, and he's a – and he gets assists. Like, so in Kyle, in Oklahoma, he was getting like, you know, 20 points and 10 assists. He was doing it. He's doing very similar things in the league now where he's still able to get people good looks. And, and so I'm like, I don't understand how he could be overrated. I think people might just be hating, but yeah. Anyways, Boston, that does worry me that they, that they, they did play with their food. Um, if I were them, I would have been like, all right, we need to get as much rest as possible. And when be being, you know, hurt, let's make sure he gets on the floor ASAP, right? And you play around, you lost a couple games now, and be had more time to rest. I got I to just want to piggyback off the, the, the Buck series. Mm. What do y'all consider a failure for Giannis? Like, because I, 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 everybody says, like, he's – well, he lost in the first round. He's not the best player in the world now, whatever. He lost to Jimmy, which, I mean, Jimmy is, like – Jimmy is literally a top three player in the playoffs, including LeBron James, including Kawhi Leonard. Uh, depending on how you look at it, like his game elevates. Um, he's up there with them when it comes to playoff production. Um, but my thing is with Giannis, it's like, what are we comparing him to when it comes? Like, I know he won a championship, but just as easy as he wins a championship is just as easy to get bounced out in the first or second round. So, like, are we comparing him to LeBron, who went, like, eight to ten straight uh, finals? Because I feel like that's a different error. And I don't – I don't. I mean, yes, he failed this year, but last year they said he failed, and the guy was like, do you consider the season a failure? I get what he's saying. It's a learning lesson. Kobe would say it if it's a failure. Mike would say it's a failure. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, those guys consider anything less than a championship a failure. It's like, what were our expectations? Did we expect them to go all the way to the finals? Because the East was actually pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Heat were always a sleeper team for anybody. They just got paired up with the wrong team. Like, the Heat could probably take anybody right now to five games with Jimmy Butler playing like he did. So, like, what are we comparing Giannis and the Bucks to when it comes to? Because uh, I feel like now we're starting to get in the stratosphere. Like, ah, oh, he got eliminated from the playoffs. Even if I feel like he made the Eastern Conference Finals and he lost in six, we still be like, the, the guy would still ask, is this season a failure? And he'd have the same response. And then we'd be like, well, technically it was a failure because you didn't make it to the finals and you didn't win the finals. I'm like, well who are we comparing him to? Cause if we're comparing him to LeBron who went to 10 straight, yeah, that's, that's probably never going to be done again. All right. That's a good question. Coach Pays. I, I, I mean, I had them in the Eastern conference finals. Cause I was like, it's either going to be Boston or Milwaukee that makes it to the finals out of the East. And so if they made it to the, to the Eastern conference finals and got bounced by Boston, I'd have been like, okay, like, I understand. Like, Boston is just as deep. They're the defending Eastern uh, Eastern Conference champions. So I would have understood if they got bounced. 
I think the fact that they didn't get that far would make their season a failure, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Would that be underselling the Heat, though? Because the Heat were like – the Heat beat them a couple seasons ago, I think. Yeah, to get to uh, – Didn't – yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because the Heat have the blueprint. There's not too many people team, teams that have the blueprint. The Heat have the blueprint. So it's like, are we underselling the Heat as well? Well, but then the Bucks stomped the Heat in one of those years recently too. Yeah. So it's like – Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it did, the Heat, everybody views the Heat as, like, a team that's, like, not. Like, yeah, they had a bad year, but Jimmy Butler wasn't playing, like, the second coming of Michael Jordan either. <laughs> Man, I, the thing is, too, I don't know if it's necessary. I view it as a failure for the team, the Bucks as as for the, as a whole for the team. For, uh, for, <clears throat> for Giannis, though, I mean, like, he did get hurt. So, I mean, I think we have to kind of, like, add that into the equation as well. So, I mean, I don't know how much of that back contusion, like, really affected his game. And, I mean, because he sat he sat the next – because he left he left the first game, didn't play in game two. Uh, you know, I mean, he came back eventually. So, <clears throat> I think that's something to, to look at. But for Giannis, like, I think maybe, you know, like, you know, in the closeout game – like he, I mean, he had good numbers, but you know when it really counted, like that's when, that's when he, you know, he couldn't like <clears throat> step up and and actually make the plays, um, and and even like I I forget how many he was missing free throws too, and like that he missed thirteen, he missed 13. thirteen. So I mean that's yeah, that's self explanatory. You make you make three of those, and it's you know mm-hmm. it's a different story. Yeah. But, but it's all of a sudden going from like Giannis is the definitive best player to like, all right, now we got to start looking at Jokic. And I'm like, bro, nah. Jokic isn't <laughs> even the best big. Like, he's <laughs> never been the best big. So, what are we? What are we? Yeah, what? I mean, there's always Kevin Durant, too, out there. You know, I, I think he would have something to say about being the best player in the league. Um, it's just he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but now you know, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quickly, we're going to do this real quick. Another old school series that I'm I'm really excited to watch. You got Sixers and Celtics. Who do you all have in that series? Celtics, uh, Harden's going to fold. Maxie's going to be the best, second best player on the team, and it's going to show. But Celtics got the more complete team. Celtic, Celtics in seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Celtics in seven. I, I mean, Harden is hit or miss, and I mean, Embiid can miss a game at any point. So, I mean, I'm only going with the 76ers just because I I hate Boston as a franchise. Like, I have no problems with Jason Tatum or you know uh, Brown. I just don't – I just – I've never been a Celtics fan. And the Celtics are the more complete team. Uh, Harden's always folded in the playoffs. Like, it's, it's – like, that's a guarantee. Um, yeah, and 
I, I just don't know who – I don't think they just – I don't really think they have anybody that can guard, you know, Brown and Tatum. So, yeah. but I'm – somehow I'm still going – I'm still going to say the 76ers. So, I'm just hoping for an upset. All right. All right. All right. The next one we're going to do quickly, Nuggets, Suns, who y'all got in that? Suns. <sighs> Nuggets. Nuggets. Chris Paul going to get hurt. Oh. Book it. Sign, seal, deliver. It's yours. I'm going. I'm going off the off the strength of depth. Um, because you saw you saw it against the Clippers that they gave them a handful because of depth. But now you know you're going to be giving a lot of minutes to, uh, you know Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Durant, and Aiden, but in Mile High City. Uh huh. So that I think that's gonna take a toll on, on them if you got them running like you know 38, 39, 40 minutes a game, especially you know with, with having the Nuggets having the advantage, home court advantage, so uh, the series. So yeah, shout out to D Book, who's been hoping, man. Nah, <laughs> you are you hating, Coach Murray? Is it because he likes it? Hey, man, shout out to Cat. Yeah, shout out to Cat. Carl Towns. And Rudy Gobert. Shout out to them for wasting Anthony Davis, uh, Anthony Edwards' time in the playoffs because he really didn't. (laughs) Did all that for nothing. Literally. Uh, All right, well, uh, the two games that are going on tonight. So by the time y'all hear this episode, maybe we'll have one or two teams. Well, maybe we'll have our uh, last matchup figured out. But yeah, it's, it's over tonight for uh, the Kings, and it's over for. Uh... Man, I, I hate Dylan Brooks, bro. <laughs> it's anything. Sorry. Nah, we all do. We all hate Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Uh, nah, so so you think it's done for the Kings? So you got the Warriors winning tonight and you got the Lakers winning tonight? Yep. All right. Rest of y'all, who y'all got? Lakers is wrapping this up, man. Lakers is wrapping it up. And uh, Shaq is going to force the game seven. Just, uh... All right. Coach Pace. I got uh, Wardell Curry and them winning in the night, and I got the Lake Show winning later. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think Sacramento blew their chance by um, – I mean, if you don't – if the if the Warriors don't have Draymond, I think you got to win that game. I mean, there's, there's, there's times where you face teams that are so great. Like, you can't – and they struggle. They're struggling. You can't give them any confidence because it takes less time for it to click. And once it clicks, it's it's all downhill for the opposing team. And the fact that they were able to win without Draymond, and then that turned out to be a formula where now Draymond's coming off the bench because they realize that Poole is the better starter right now. Like, if they would have lost that game three, maybe they don't go that to that rotation permanently. Maybe they do have Draymond come back into lineup. So you never know what would have happened, but you gave him some confidence um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the Kings weren't prepared for that last play in game four. 
where uh, Fox got double teamed. Uh, so yeah, and then you lost on on your home floor. So you're you're done as far as I'm concerned. Like you lost the series. Even if they find a way to to somehow win tonight, they're gonna lose Game Seven. Hey, do you think do you think it was just the lineup that actually worked, or was Poole just afraid of getting punched again? <laughs> hey, so petty, Kenny. We moving on. I'm not even at that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, see, <clears throat> see who goes to the next round. But we got a draft to cover, fellas. So we're just going to talk about winners and losers of the draft. Uh, Coach, Coach Pace, who are your winners and losers? I mean, we can all agree with this at this point, bro. Philly is a winner. Yes, they be cheating, bro. They got some type of Philly, Philly, Philly literally got the best player out in the draft at nine. <laughs> bro, that's crazy. Like, that don't even make sense. And then they got the best pass rusher at 30. What was it, Coach Murph? 32? 30. 30. 30? Bro, they got the best pass rusher. The mo- Put it like this. Not the best pass rusher. The most explosive athlete in the draft at 30. At 30. Bro, like, what are we doing? Like, I, it doesn't make sense at this point. Like, I know, like, somebody's scamming. They let Hargrave go, and Michael Parsons talked about it last night. They let Hargrave go, and that's a – that's he's dominant, okay? Inside pass rusher getting 10 and a half, 11 sacks. Like, that's dominant. He gets 85 mil, and then you just rotate somebody else back in there with Jalen Carter as a the number one, over, number one overall prospect and get his partner who can learn from Hassan Reddick, who just had 18 sacks, or was it 19? It don't even matter. He had a lot of sacks, and Brandon Graham had a lot of sacks, and he didn't get talked about. Like, it's disgusting what they're doing. I need an investigation on Philly. I don't care what nobody say. Coach Murph, I don't care what you say. I need an investigation because something is not right over there. Uh And they just paid their quarterback, and they're still balling. Mm-hmm. Them books are off. I'm telling you, it, it's disgusting. Somebody, listen, is Tariq St. Patrick over there working for y'all? Okay, it's, it's bro, it's it's not making sense right now. Like how we went from trash, literally how he went from trash to the best GM in the league. Like he went from 31 to one in a year. I need to know who's on the books. He learned when he got fired, bro. Bro, it don't make no sense. Like, I'm I'm so serious. And losers, I'm not going to lie to you. The Lions disgusted me with their picks. Yes, agreed. The Lions disgusted me with their picks because they have – they got uh, Gibbs and who else? And they got – what was it, a tackle? Oh, no, they got a, D, a linebacker, uh, Jack Campbell from Iowa. Okay, Jack Campbell's a solid pickup. Um, I wouldn't have drafted him that high, but he is a – Consistent, like six five, two fifty, can run. Um, linebacker, and he led the nation in tackles. Like that says a lot. That means he knows where the ball's gonna be, and he's smart. But the the Gibbs pick, yeah. bro, you have three running backs already. What are you doing? Yeah, I guess. They- well, apparently they're they're moving swift. That I mean, that's what I put in the the group chat. Right. Is that the only reason why this will make sense is that you're moving swift. Uh, you know, but you can the way I draft somebody next year, bro. Like it doesn't make sense to take a 
take somebody that's a running back. With all due respect, I value running backs, but it doesn't take make sense to make Gibbs your 12th pick when you have three running backs already. You have Montgomery that you just signed to a contract. You have Jamal Williams. And you have Swift for one more year. That literally makes no sense. That That's only if they had the intentions of, you know, moving Swift, like, during this draft. Um, but, like, the, the – the way that the Lions is, they're they're just in a uh, you know an awkward predicament. So this is it's a good predicament to be in, but you can see it through the draft. So Detroit is in a similar situation to Philadelphia. So with Philadelphia and the Lions, they really have everything that they need, right? So Philly, they the. The difference is this. Philly has a bunch of old players, so they're getting these young players that's going to pretty much be replacing them in the next year or two, whereas the Lions, they have everything they need, but all they have, I mean, their, their team is young as is. So right. now they're just pretty much picking up, you know, what they want. There's not really like a, a, what fits and, and what they want because really in actuality, they didn't need to draft anybody everybody's just extra parts and hopefully they work out um but it's it's just kind of like i think getting a defensive player would have been getting a defensive player would have been like all right like Jalen. uh where they draft Bijan? he was what Uh, eight yeah i know my fault he uh what's his name gibbs Gibbs, 12 yeah 12 I think drafting somebody defensively along the defensive line would have helped them or like a safety or a corner because they just got rid of Okuda um, yeah. would have helped them a lot. Um, but like also the Falcons are losers, too, but we'll get into them as, as well. I, that's why I don't like I don't like the running back at 12. Um just because of the value of the pick and like how many pieces they have there. They also have the backup um, that was on um, when they were on, what was that hard knocks last year? And he was a pretty good backup um, that they still have signed the team favorite. I forgot his name, but he's still like the fourth or fifth string running back. I just think that was just a bad move in general. Well, are you talking about, um, Jamal? Uh, no, moved. not Jamal. There's, there's an. Oh, I, I think it was say, Craig Rogers or something like he that. He got moved. They moved Jamal. Yeah. Like, it was like number. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, he was like in the forties. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a good backup, but that's like their fourth string backup, and he's a really good backup. So I'm like, the Gibbs pick doesn't make sense to me, especially in the top fifteen, unless he's gonna play right away or within the next year. Because to your point, Coach Pace, if we're talking about defense as a priority, Will McDonald went 15th. Yeah. Emmanuel Forbes went 16th. Christian Gonzalez went 17th. Then they came and got Jack Campbell at 18th. But then you have Kalijah Canty at 19th um, and Deontay Brooks at 24th. So, like, yeah, they could have got another one of those defensive guys, like D-line guys, especially that you're talking about. Yeah. They're set on offense, and what Philly did, and Philly's probably the smartest team in the draft by far, by a long shot, is they established the trenches. 
So they already know they have the best offensive line, and they're just re-upping the front seven. Like, yeah, Hargrove went, all right, bet. We're going to go get the best D lineman. Mm-hmm. All right, we uh we might not be able to pay Hassan Reddick whenever his contract is up. Bet we're going to go get Nola Smith or Brandon Graham as well. Like, their plan is smart, and I just feel like uh, they got Aiden Hutchinson, which is great. I'm like, who are you going to pair with Aiden Hutchinson? Like, it's not a one-man show. And the thing is, in the second round, they still didn't address that. They got Sam Laporte, a tight end out of Iowa, which is not a bad pick, you know, because they got rid of Hawkinson, so they did need a tight end. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I liked the uh, Brian Branch, the DB from Alabama, was their next pick at <clears throat> 14th in the second round. So I, I, they did they okay in the second round, but they they set themselves behind, yeah, because that still doesn't solve the the pass rush and everything that they're going to need. Um, yeah. So through two rounds, they still haven't solved that yet. You got to have a front seven, and you got to have a front five on the offensive line. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. All right. Others. Well, I mean, since you mentioned them, we might as well mention the Falcons. The you you got Tyler Allinger that average or that uh, finished the, the season with a thousand rushing yards, and then you just go grab Bijan at eight. I feel like that was just counterproductive. Like they they have a lot of holes, um, especially on defense, and the fact that y'all took a running back that wasn't really a necessity. That's like a I understand having a luxury pick, but like luxury at eight doesn't make sense um like that would have been a prime spot for carter yeah but it's already in georgia yeah so that that was you know kind of ridiculous you can't trust Uh, nobody that didn't want to sign lamar jackson bro had the perfect opportunity to sign lamar to whatever he wanted and said nah we're not gonna do it all right bro you're you're an idiot but a winner to get out all this negativity, the Texans taking CJ Stroud and moving up to take Will Anderson. That was a, a big move, especially the package. The Cardinals, I was interested on what they were going to do with the third pick because I was just like, I felt as though that they would have been best trading the picks. I was like, they also are a team with a, a bunch of holes. You're looking to move D Hop. You got Tyler Murray that's going to be injured for the, you know, first half or so of the season. And you got, you know, some defensive players. Uh, I mean, like J.J. Watt retired and stuff like that. So getting that huge package and also getting, you know, a first and third next year um, is definitely a smart move Um, because I'm looking at it as, you know, Kyler being injury-prone these past couple of years. Now you got two first-round picks. Especially again, the first round from Houston. Who knows? Uh, you might, you know, be in the predicament that Philly was in with the Saints and getting a top ten pick out of it, um, and that might be your window to maybe scout a quarterback at that uh, position. But um, depending on where you land in the draft next year, but that that was a great move by both teams there, and also on top of them picking up. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. because they Lord knows they need help on the O line. I got a question for, for y'all. Um, do y'all think Marvin Harrison, with that being said, um, 
with them having them two first round picks. Y'all think Marvin Harrison is going to be a top like three pick? Top five. Top five? Yep. Yeah, there's some quarterbacks next year. You got Caleb Williams and uh, Drake May. Drake May and stuff like that. So I think that would be at least two of those top three. So I would probably be safe top five. I agree. Top five? Yeah. Because I think they can sneak in there at top five. I don't know if they can sneak in there and get top three. Yeah, because the, the way I'm looking at it is like, I mean, yeah, you got the quarterbacks in there, but also I feel as though that everybody, the league pretty much has an idea outside of the Falcons off the top of my head of who their quarterback is for at least the next couple of years. Um, so I'm assuming that a lot of the teams that is in that top 10, um, at least six or seven of them aren't really looking for a quarterback. So, for instance, if that Houston pick ends up being a top five pick, you know, since Kyler will only play a little bit or if maybe none of the year, because maybe they're just like, shoot, well, maybe we'll let our our pick drop too, then boom, you know, you lost Dehan, but we got you, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Yeah. No, that, that's true. That's true. Uh, quickly, I'll just chime in with a couple. I, I like what Seattle did. Um, getting um, Witherspoon, getting Smith and Jigba. Uh, they got some defensive players in the second round. Uh, so I, I like I like where Seattle's headed. I got to be a little biased. I like Pittsburgh's draft. Definitely needed we needed some uh, some O line help there. Uh, so we were able to get that. We got Joey Porter Jr. in the second round that, that helped with that. So, because I, I think we're, you know, we're okay in the skill positions, but we did need some help on the on the line uh, and some help on the back end of the defense. So, I like I like what they did. And um, yeah, other losers. Okay, now no one's talking about this. I don't like what the Bills did in the first round. Like. You drafted a tight end, but you got Dawson Knox. Like, why would you spend a first round pick on a tight end when you already have a good one? Who was uh, who was the tight end pick? I didn't even catch it. Uh, it was uh, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, they picked Kincaid probably because they don't yeah. re- you know re-signing uh, Dalton Knox. Yeah, and then plus, I mean, when you got a, a if you don't plan on signing Dalton Knox. Uh, or Dawson Knox, and then on top of that, I mean, they're comparing Kincaid to Travis Kelsey. You probably want to take a <laughs> take a shot on that. Hmm. Maybe so, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, pre- I'm not particularly mad. I think that was a, I, I kind of loved it. To the, I think I loved it more because I knew that that's what the Cowboys really wanted. <laughs> um, so I think that's why I love the pick so much. I was like, bump the Bills picking them up. The fact that y'all hopped in front of the the Cowboys to do that, I was loving it even more. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree with Coach Pace. They probably just they're they're not looking to to get Knox an extension. So, can I just can I just chime in with my winners and losers too? Go ahead, Coach. Okay, go ahead, close this out. I'm gonna start off with the losers. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad that the Dallas 
address the the hugest need that the team needs, which was a, a deep tackle. Um, I think Mozzie Smith was an excellent pickup. And I really look forward to next year uh, and seeing the season when we have the third best. Yeah, third best defense in the NFC. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like the winner. Yeah, the, 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 wait, the third best defense in the NFC East? Yeah. I don't know about the NFC. <laughs> Maybe fourth. But I don't know. Like I'm this is gonna be the fourth though if the war if the if Washington get it together because they got some uh, Washington. Hey, everybody be like Washington give up too many points. Washington's defense is on the field too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just saying, like if Kincaid is your you figure like the, the, the biggest hole that we need right now is that we need to address the offense. I don't know what my running back's going to be looking like. And then also, we have no tight end right now. Why the hell would you draft a deep tackle? Makes no sense whatsoever. Defense has kept us in the game. But for whatever reason, we just. Yeah, we uh, the Cowboys end up getting Luke. Uh, yeah, in the second, from- right? Yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing, there. but y'all notice how James said "we" when it came to the Cowboys because he's a Loki. Loki, <laughs> no, hey, did I anybody catch that? Listen, when when I'm gonna say we, hey, we, when you've been a fan for a team for years, you just used to saying "we, we, we, we," and and all of a sudden you're not a fan of that team. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's old habits die hard. But that's why I brought up the Steelers first, and I said I was by because I was proud of what they did. I can't relate because I don't associate nothing the Rams and did outside of that Super Bowl with me. <laughs> I don't. I don't associate giving up half your team so, quietly though. Nobody's noticed this. Only me because I follow the Rams account. They've given up everybody that's won them the Super Bowl outside of the star players. Y'all ain't noticed it. That's how we got all these picks. We got eleven picks this draft. There's a reason why we gave up. We got 11 picks, and it's because management less sold his soul to the devil, and it's not coming back. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, what do y'all think about um, the last half? What do y'all think about Titans picking up Will Levis? Malik, Malik Willis has literally one year, and then we'll never hear from him again. I'm so serious. That's that's the that's the biggest takeaway from that. Yeah, it's an indictment on Malik Willis. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. To move up to get to get a quarterback, I was like, oh wow. So you don't believe in Malik Willis, Joshua Dobbs, who did well for them toward the end of the season? I'm like, okay, they don't believe in none of those guys. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I do got, I do have one more based on our conversation last night. Colts take Anthony Richardson with the number four pick. Good choice for for the Colts or not? No, I I don't understand why his. Well, I mean, okay, I I guess I, I'll take the first swing at it because I know that it's Shane. You know, he was the OC for Philadelphia. He was also. Um, you know, the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert back in the Chargers back when he was good. But I think he's just looking at it and just like, oh, this is just a freak athlete with a lot of raw talent. I can try to mold him and be a Jalen Hurts-esque type player. But I do not see that. 
at all. So I, the fact that Will Levis went, fell to the second round, they probably were best off trading back and picking up Anthony Richardson. Like, I don't mind you picking up Anthony Richardson. I think it's a shot in the dark, but you it was going to either be him or Will Levis. I don't particularly care what, what route you went. But at four, nah. <laughs> nah. Okay. Well, a couple of big things we'll go through this first one really quickly. First episode that Aaron Rodgers is officially a, a, a Jet. So I guess we got to talk about it very briefly. What do we expect? What do we expect from the Jets next season? Take into account Aaron Rodgers and who the Jets drafted this year. Super Bowl and bust. That's that's all there is to it. I'm not about to play with y'all. AFC Championship minimum. I'll say he did all right this year. Bro, I'm not about to play with y'all, bro. It's Super Bowl and bust. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not about to play with dude no more. Like, he didn't got more bailouts than uh, the Cowboys at this point. And the Cowboys didn't have 25 years of bailouts. I'm sick of it. No, it's Super Bowl or bust for Aaron Rodgers. And if you say anything else, I'm cool on, bro. Uh, I might go out and get an Aaron Rodgers jersey, to be honest. And what else? Oh, I, have, I have nothing to look forward to next year. No, you better off getting a Garrett Wilson jersey. Yeah, please get that. No, nah, uh, it's definitely Super Bowl or bust, bro. Super Bowl or bust, and it, yeah, because like in the AFC though, that's loaded. I do not care. <laughs> that defense allowed less than ten oh. points in how many games, Coach Murph? I think we'll see. Oh. Bro, it was like nine games, nine or ten games where the defense allowed less than ten points. Not going to lie to you, I don't care what Aaron Rodgers does. If he can't get them to the playoffs in the Super Bowl based off that, we ain't got nothing to yeah, talk like about. You, you, you got the one of the best defenses in the league. You have the offensive rookie of the, of the year. Uh, I mean, you have great backs. You have everything you need. I don't care what you – if you're that guy, you're Aaron Rodgers, you're, you know, top five highest paid player player in the league, nah, I ain't trying to hear none of that. Well, the AFC is stacked. And then also if they're like, oh, well, he made it to the AFC championship and then lost, I'm not going to look at that as an amazing feat. I'm going to be like, well, he always loses in the conference championships anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> For, for me, I, I at least need to see the AFC Championship. Like, they need to win that. Um, I'm, I am excited to see, like, what he does. I think we'll have a lot of highlight reel um, games, especially with Wilson and Lazard. Um, am I – I don't know. But hopefully – I will say, real quick, Kenny, I will say they're idiots for not getting JSN. Oh, yeah, for they're, sure. They're idiot. Like, they are so bad for not getting JSN when they had JSN available. I'm just sad that it took so long for a receiver to get taken off. Like, getting the first one in – wait, JSN was taken at 20? 20, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then there was three in a row. It was JSN, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, and then, oh, and then Jordan Addison. There was four in a row. That's the crazy part. Hey, I already told y'all why the Chargers picked up Quentin Johnson. You already know what that was about. 
Man, I already know what that's idiots. about. Let me, let me ask this question because it's it's, it's bothering me. Like it's, it's it really is like eating at my soul right now. Like, what's so special about Mozzie Smith that makes him like a first round selection for the Cowboys? <laughs> he is traumatized. He reached all the way back. To Did something. I miss something? Did I miss a report somewhere? Because I just. I don't you did. It. You missed the report. It was the Cowboys report. <laughs> <laughs> I must have had that meeting when I was like in the office or something, bro. Because I didn't I didn't I, I didn't hear nothing about it. They didn't hit you up, bro. No. Oh man, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I texted Pittsburgh. I was like, y'all better not make me look foolish in this group chat, y'all. Y'all better, y'all better make some good picks and they did. They did. I don't know. Chicago. I had to tell Howie nothing. He earned my respect last year. Yeah. How Howie on his own tip. Like, he already got it under control. All right. Next, Lamar Jackson got his contract. Five years, $260 million, 185 of them guaranteed. Now, you got OBJ. Lamar Jackson is, is, is secure. You got a new offensive coordinator. And then you pick up Zay Flowers. In the draft, what are your expectations for the Ravens going into next season? It depends on the scheme. It, it depends on the scheme. Because I could see them going back to that old scheme where Lamar is a thousand-yard rusher, but I could also see them go to a scheme where, like, it'll, he'll rush for, like, 800 yards, not 1,200. And then he throws for like four thousand or thirty seven hundred, and he returns back to MVP form. So it truly depends on the scheme. Like I'm not worried about the players. I'm worried about the weight training staff, but I ain't worried about the players. It just depends on the scheme and what they do with that. Uh, I I just need a. I just need a. They got to make the playoffs, obviously, but um, I'm just expecting. I'm expecting at least you know uh, one win in the playoffs. I mean, you got your money. You're coming off of an injury. Um, I'm assuming that you're going to be running a different scheme or something more pass heavy. You got you some new weapons. Give y'all some time to gel. Um, I think a, a playoff appearance with one win would, would be a, a solid season for them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm looking for, I mean, uh, Lamar, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see it worked out for him. I mean, there, what other options did the Ravens really have? I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if they really did enough to address the offense, but I mean, we'll see what Zay does next year. We'll see what kind of condition OBJ is in. Um, he gonna be ready. Don't worry, I'll talk to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I I would like to, you know, I, I at least would like to see. Just me personally, I like to see Lamar get to it, get to that to the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, I mean. I don't know, but you know we'll see. We'll see what happens from here on out. Yeah. I, I still have my reservations, though. 
a lot of ifs. There's a lot of question marks there because it's unproven stuff. Unproven coordinator, unproven wide receiver, um, and and if OBJ's OBJ, then I he'll be fine. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, we're gonna go ahead and close it out. Well, how are we gonna spend our money this weekend though? Where are we gonna put put our, put our, put our cash at? So, Coach Murphy, go first. Listen, man, I already told y'all the Knicks about to get this smackdown. So, you know, we got Heat taking the dub in game one, followed by the Nuggets taking the dub game one against the Suns, and Jalen Brown dropping at least 25 on Philly. Okay. Right. Easy money. Nice. Bro, they're what you got, Coach Payton? Listen, man, I got guaranteed buckets all day galore. Miami winning, like Coach Murph said, we locked in. Jimmy B, he's going to get you those 25. Don't even worry about it. This is playoff Michael Jordan 2.0. Relax. Really, it's Kawhi Leonard 2.0. Kawhi Leonard if he was healthy. Because they basically play the same if you pay attention. Nah, bro, he's Jimmy G buckets. That's who he is. <laughs> So Kawhi Leonard 2.0 in the playoffs. I got it. All right. We're good. Um, and then we're going with uh, – who did I pick? What was my last one, James? The Lakers. Oh, yeah, the Lake show tonight. It's a guaranteed dub. They lucky I didn't bet the spread, but I wasn't feeling that froggy. I wasn't going to leap that high. Lakers winning for show tonight. We getting – Brian getting up out of here. All right. Let's just say, Coach Pace – the Lakers lose tonight. Will you take the Lakers in game seven? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. I'm not even worried about that. Absolutely not. Brian ain't going to let Brian ain't doing another first round exit. I about to say Brian's not doing it. He might he might put on a 40 ball tonight. He ain't putting on a 40 ball. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought he was gonna put it on a 40 ball against Dylan Brooks, and he didn't. It was kind of disgusting. But Brian, 30 tonight, 27, 28, somewhere around there. Okay. This one's tough. Uh, so the variable I'm worried about with Coach Merv, I was thinking about uh, – I was thinking about the Suns might win game one. For what? And – uh. You know the Suns playing at altitude, right? I'm just throwing that out there. Before you make your decision, they're playing at altitude. Okay. I know. I know. But, I mean, the the Heat are playing in the garden. You know, they're playing. New and York. everybody has their best game in the garden. Which means <laughs> I'm about to say, and I water flowers in the garden, too. So, what's your point? <laughs> but Jimmy about, to, Jimmy about to have, like, 30, 32, 7, and 2. And so the only one I'm worried about on Coach Pace's then, if that stays true, would be that the Lakers winning. Hmm. Hey, he don't trust in the GOAT, man. It's crazy. It's wicked out here. DeMarsh, <laughs> you heard it, reporting live <laughs> on the Coach's Box podcast. He doesn't trust in the GOAT. Hey, man, you called him Wash at the beginning of the season. I'm never going to let you wear that down. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. You called that man. He is Wash. He is Wash. He was washing clothes. And I and I do I do <laughs> trust the goat. It's just that Michael Jordan's retired. That's 